the what? Uh, what the what? I want to hear this North Carolina story you got. Oh man, it's it's just funny. It's just funny. I remember at the time it was a it was it was something when it turned out they they had these fake classes the basketball players could go to. Yeah, yeah. And in the immortal words of Elvis Costello, it's more or less our uh, our motto around here. I used to be disgusted. Now I try to be amused. And you will be when you hear the NCAA story. Stay tuned, won't you? But first, let's take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. I think they prevented a thousand deaths. And I think it's important for the American public to understand that. Puerto Rico. I'm pleased to report the National Forest Service has dispatched five firefighting crews, four dozers, two strike teams of Type 3 engines, and we recently requested that the Congress uh, would provide an additional $576 million for wildfire suppression expenses. Oh, please. I'm not afraid of anyone in show business. I turned down intercourse with Harvey Weinstein on no less than three occasions out of five. How former lovers can have a hold over you long after they're gone. In some ways, I'm still pinned under a passed out Harvey Weinstein, and it's Thanksgiving. Congratulations, you five ladies no longer have to pretend to be attracted to Harvey Weinstein. We tried to find one place where women were safe, so we Googled sexual harassment Antarctica, and we found this article from five days ago. <laughs> That is only relevant to this in that it reinforces how hard this was for these women. Because he went after them personally in a much more aggressive way. And they talk in this story about a vast machine set up to silence them of legal threats, of PR threats. Uh, That's where this is relevant. I got two guys out today. I'm working the drive through myself, plus the mouse is back. So, yeah, that's what I'm dealing with. Austin, what is a, oh, God, a dick? No. What we've learned uh, is that the Russians even tried to use Pokemon Go. Oh, even taking something as sacred as Pokemon Go and sullying it with international intrigue. You communists. I love that Jeopardy contestant when he says, oh, no, this is on tape. This is going to go viral. I've already buzzed in. Son of a bitch. That's right. That is what he's thinking. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. Oh, oh no. Austin, <laughs> what is a oh god, a dick? <laughs> oh no. I'm that guy. <laughs> oh, That's boy. actually that was the uh that was the guy who broke the records. That was the that oh, Austin the, Rogers guy. The bartender. Oh, the mm-hmm. wacky uh, haired uh, bartender feller. Yeah, so the record I've heard about but not really heard. Most wins, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. It was they were looking for a slang term for a detective. Yeah, well, what is the slang for detective? They were going gumshoe. The judges were looking for gumshoe. Perfectly ah. good guess. Sure. What was this? Austin, what is a oh god, a dick? <laughs> no. <laughs> Ooh, Alec, god. Alec responds, see me backstage. <laughs> <laughs> the National Collegiate Athletic Association on Friday said it quote could not conclude academic violations at the University of North Carolina, and there will be no penalties for running sham classes that didn't exist. Hundreds of sham classes for decades that that didn't exist, had no class meetings, and generally speaking, only one, like, three-page paper as the entire class requirement, which was generally written by a compliant co-ed. Anyway, the fact that 
more than half of the students who enrolled in these classes were student athletes, didn't really enter into it. Essentially, they had to clear them on a technicality, which is that the bylaws say academic issues are for each individual university. And since non-athletes could take these classes then that it wasn't under the purview of the NCAA, who didn't have the balls to take away their national championship last year or whatever. I find it hilarious. I especially, I especially find the, the notion extra triple hilarious that there were like non-athletes who would accidentally right. enroll right. in these classes and say, well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I, I, I misunderstood what you said. I thought you just said the class never meets. Well, it doesn't. When are the tests? Nah, there aren't any. Those kids stumbled oh, so into a gold mine. Yeah. So it's like a, I got to write a paper or something. Well, yeah. Yeah, if you want to. <laughs> Slide it under my door sometime. Yeah, or don't. So, Whatever. <laughs> so you would show up to a room and there wouldn't be a class going on. Well, no. If you're a regular no, student. There's no room to show up to. They wouldn't even schedule a room. There wasn't even a pretense of there being a room. The, the athlete counselors would say, sign up for this, 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 and this. And then that was the last, the, stu- the uh, I'm going to use a term now that is a little uh, little risky, the student athlete would sign up for those classes, then never think of it again. Then they'd go off to practice in the games, and at some point somebody might mention to them, hey, you got an A in uh, you know, the government and politics of Upper Plenipanesia. Um, yeah, great. Um, if you're and not that's a, the last they hear of it. If you're not a sports fan, North Carolina is one of the most intense and storied and... Uh, they're legendary beloved basketball programs in america so uh so they're getting all the best players recruited there by uh by not making them even pretend to go to class they they skipped that whole if you went to college you probably saw athletes in class who didn't seem to be paying that much attention or whatever Mm. um they skipped that whole thing to just not even having the classes at all Uh, the classes don't even exist probably worth mentioning both the men and the women uh, could take these classes. So the gals, Title Nine, stronger than ever. <laughs> but you're right. What about the people that weren't athletes or anything that somehow got signed up for these classes? You just think, well, this is this is interesting. Got to make is... friends with the basketball team. See what else they're playing. <laughs> what other classes they're taking? Yeah. Except, how are you going to? Because you'd never see them because there ain't a class. What and about you... at the study group for the? Oh wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying hundreds of classes over decades? This yeah. wasn't just. A class for a semester or something. This has been going on for a long time. Oh, yeah. Here's the longer article. Sorry, I grabbed the wrong one. Um, It could not conclude that they violated NCAA academic rules in what is widely considered the worst academic scandal in college sports history. (laughs) By far, I'm guessing. So, again, that's how could you get a bigger scandal? The academic scandal. Uh, uh, Rick Patino and Louisville have some really good hooker scandals that probably top it. But how could you get a bigger academic scandal than the classes didn't exist at all? Non genitalia related scandals. The NCAA on Friday announced that it could not conclude that the universities of North Carolina violated NCAA academic rules in what is widely considered the worst academic scandal in the college sports history. Absolute. No penalties. Wow. No, but the, it, this so they is, got away with it. All those great teams and those great. How far back does it go? Did Michael Jordan have those classes? James Worthy have those classes? How I, far know, back does it go? I do not know, sir. Um, Although I, I love the fact that the sanctioning, the uh, accrediting body and, and the accrediting bodies of colleges and universities are crooked and they're part of the problem in American education. But 
for the sake of the argument, I'll put that aside. The accrediting body that accredits the university heard about all this stuff, and they said, whoa, we got to take a look at whether you're a real college or not. This is ridiculous. But the NCAA said, yeah, well, you know, it's it's kind of none of our business. So, uh, yeah, just keep playing basketball. How many people would you have to have involved to pull off a scam like that? Nearly 20 years, they're saying. Uh, I do not know, sir. Uh, Quite a few. I would think it'd be quite a few. Quite a few. They offered a shadow curriculum. Oh, Shadow Curriculum is the name of my new spy thriller, my my series of paperback, uh, you know, spy novels that so many people are enjoying. Shadow Curriculum. There'll be movies. Tom by, Hanks. By is... Joe Getty. I don't actually write them anymore. I have people who write them and put my name on them. That's the way to do it. Right. That is the way to do it. Um, UNC was charged with a lack of institutional control. <laughs> I like scandals. I like when people come up with something so scandalous, it's hilarious. It's like you can't even be mad. Oh, my God, right. you actually did that? You actually just didn't even, you didn't even pretend. Well, and As that, opposed to giving the athlete an A who doesn't do any work, you just didn't even have the class. <laughs> That's crazy. And then I love the NCAA with their very serious sounding language. We are charging you with a lack of institutional control. I'd say their institutional control was excellent. Yeah, I'd say it's better than most. The scheme involved nearly 200 laxly administered and graded classes, frequently requiring no attendance in just one paper, over nearly two decades. So 200, almost 200 classes over 20 years. Their students were disproportionately athletes, mostly football and basketball, men's football and basketball. Keep in mind, most of these classes were administered by a single staff member named Deborah Crowder. And is she going to jail or anything the like that? The greatest educator in American history <laughs> who could run 200 and some classes. Is anybody going to jail? These are all government workers, of course, so they're protected in the same ways that uh, government workers are protected. Is go anybody... to jail for what? Nobody cares. <laughs> You're going to have people go to jail for eating too much or, or, I don't know, driving too slowly in the left lane? Well, I'm in favor of that. Nobody cares. Hilarious. Let me see if there's I don't know more. who would have standing to make it a crime, but like I, if I'm an employer and I hire you because you've got a degree in something or other from North Carolina and these classes didn't actually exist. I would prefer that as opposed to them taking up a slot in a legitimate class from I somebody agree. who actually wants it. So then they just get the rubber stamped A. Meanwhile, somebody couldn't get into that position. Right. I agree. I think I think I thought that at the time when this story first broke several years ago, I thought I like that better than. I think it does less damage just to the whole culture of the of the university than the other fraud, which is they show up like twice during the whole semester and then get a grade and everybody and this, knows it's bogus. Right, in everybody's face. Uh-huh. And this is all just to kind of massage the line of student athletes so they don't actually have to pay these these athletes that are raking in millions of dollars for the university. Oh, yeah, money. like for North Carolina, where where it's it's as big a deal as any NFL franchise, the basketball players. Yeah, having lived in the Carolinas for a handful of years, NCAA basketball in that part of the country is far bigger than the NFL. Oh, not even close. Right, right. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and then the, 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 the players aren't allowed to accept so much as a, a $10 bill from somebody, in theory. Right. They can't take so much as a panda bowl they can't. at the panda Express. And they're there, and then, they just, of course, it's, ultimately the ruse is that you're here to get a college education. And it's not We even, brought you here to play on our team. Not even they can't take handouts. They can't get a job. They're right. not allowed to go get a part-time job in office. You know, there's there's tons of restrictions on them that are just ridiculous. So, right, it's, 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 it's such a farce. It's such a... 
hilarious like series of frauds that no one is defrauded by nobody's being duped here everybody knows so you know the ncaa stumbles upon the quote-unquote biggest academic scandal in college sports history then doesn't penalize them and (laughs) nobody cares it just gives you an idea of the level of stupid that's going on here do whatever you want nobody cares if the players, if the players don't want to show up, they wouldn't show up. Maybe I, I refuse to be the least bit concerned. Maybe that's the great college lesson in all this: is you end up on a big college campus and you learn, oh, this is the way the world works. Yeah, no kidding. They ought to give you credit for it. if you ever bring it up to the. You're standing outside the dean's office and you say, "This is all fakery. <laughs> this is just because they're bringing in revenue." The dean comes out, signs the form. He says, "Here's three credits. You learned that." <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. What Harvey Weinstein told Howard Stern in 2014 is kind of interesting, among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. According to a new poll, Arabic is now the most common language among new immigrants to the U.S. The second most common is whispering. What the hell is going on here? (laughs) (laughs) Wall Street Journal backpacks are... In executives are ditching their briefcases for backpacks. So part of the whole, huh. we know a number of execs like high up in companies that only wear jeans and untucked shirts. I mean, the idea of a tie and jacket, not a chance. I kind of assumed that was just a West Coast thing. So carrying a briefcase with your jeans and untucked shirt probably doesn't make a lot of sense. So people carry backpacks right. now, according well, to the Wall Street Journal. Well, there's no East Coast to your uh, organ than the Wall Street Journal. Right. I just I can't picture that in your big cities, but that's interesting. You know, I uh, watch uh, I watch the golf on TV. If you can believe that, and sometimes they'll they'll do a little throwback. And well, it's the same for any sport, really. If you look at the guys in the broadcast booths in 1976, 77, or something, everybody looks like they're in the Rolling Stones. You, they got long hair, uh, and it's hilarious to see you know football play by play guys looking like you know they play bass for the Stones. Um, so. And I could see that the whole generation of Zuckerberg at Al is ushering in backpacks and T-shirts or whatever. Is that okay? Is that good? It's absolutely not okay, Jack. (laughs) Our executive should be wearing hard shoes, three-piece suits, whatever happened to the vest. And And be carrying a briefcase. Full Windsor tie knots. None of this half Windsor. Half Windsor is half-ass. That's what I say. I'm a guy who wears a T-shirt and jeans to work every day and has his entire life. But um, I just, I don't know, do we need, I always thought it was kind of nice. We got, we got some level that people dress up and get serious. Now there are no levels where you do that. That's, maybe it's not a big deal. I, uh, I'm wearing a t-shirt for the first time in ages. I almost never do. You can't tell because I'm wearing a hoodie. Uh, I feel uh, naked. But I just wonder, is it, does it fit in with the coarsening of America or is it not related because it's just fashion, so who cares? I think it is related, but my explanation would be fairly long and, and boring. Okay. Has to do with decorum, showing uh, how important something is to you, duty, etc. It's very hard for me to put on a backpack and not feel 15. Like, yeah. And I wear schoolhouse rock t-shirts like on a daily basis, and that <laughs> right. doesn't phase me. But I put on wow. a backpack, and I feel like, time to go to school. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Harvey Weinstein was on Howard Stern in 2014. Appearing on the Howard Stern Show in 2014, the mogul attempted to paint a picture of himself as a well-read, dedicated father who stayed away from any of the stereotypical Hollywood funny business. Howard Stern asks, Why not stay single? I gotta figure every starlet in Hollywood wanted to to at least blank you. You know what I'm saying? An incredulous Howard Stern asks. 
Did you ever get to experience, I'm going to say, the mogul aspect? I mean, do a little coke, hang with, I don't know, Julia Roberts gives you a blank job. Something? You never got any of that? Weinstein says, Howard, as you know only too well, it doesn't work that way. I'll tell you who it works that way for. It works that way for actors, he told Howard Stern. And Stern says, come on, every girl I know that if she's a competent actress, she could get on your good side. She could make her star over effing night, Stern insisted to Weinstein. Don't tell me it doesn't work that way. A cheerful Weinstein emphatically denied, Howard, the movies are too expensive, the risks are too great, it doesn't happen that way anymore. Stern said, you can't walk into the room, pull your pants off, and just say, okay, honey. (laughs) Which is precisely what he did. Which is exactly what he did to dozens, if not hundreds, if not thousands of women. It could easily be thousands of women. And his answer was? The mega producer immediately pivoted to say, "John, John Frankenheimer, the great director, told us stories about his day in the movies. We were born way too late, Howard. Weinstein later added of the many actresses he worked with, they're great beauties, but they're also bloody intelligent and brilliant. You sit down with a girl like that, you don't want to do stupid ass. You want to say, be in my movie, please. Wow, how? How interesting is the predator? Yeah. Who, who's self-aware enough to understand a nuanced argument and a heartfelt argument against precisely what he's doing and deliver that argument... In a heartfelt manner. Is that some sort of, like, dual mind personality something going on there where you have that ability? Or psychopathy. He's a psychopath. He knows what Howard wants to hear. He knows what argument the stupid little people who aren't nearly as powerful as he is want to hear. And that's how he can perpetuate his, his uh, you know, his evil doings. I would like to know if he was hooked up to, like, some machinery. You know, measuring his blood pressure and heart rate and, and brain activity. It's one of those things that shows when your brain lights up red in various spots. Sure. When Howard Stern said, you can't just walk into a room and pull your pants off and say, okay, honey. Right. Did his brain, parts of his brain, beep, 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 beep. Just like beep. a slot machine pan yeah. at jackpot. <laughs> yeah. Or like, yeah. Uh, you know, open your robe and say massage me. <laughs> to almost every actress that's currently working. Uh, plus assistants and publicists. Oh, yeah. And- Oh, yeah. You know, any anybody you could fog mirror. Lawyers who would craft contracts, lawyers who would craft non-disclosure agreements. I mean, they, they, there were so many people that were swirling around this right. that weren't just him and the victims. So at the moment he was saying that, and again, this is really a glimpse into a psychopath, a predator. At the moment he was describing to Howard how just no way, the the movies are way too expensive, these women are way too intelligent, they're just, I wouldn't do that. He had clauses in his contract that specifically exempted him from being fired for perving on women. Carefully detailed, expensive, big money clauses in the contract saying he gets to perv on women, he has to pay the settlements, plus he pays a premium to the company every time he does it. It's pretty amazing. The mind of a predator. Wow. God, you'd think think that'd be such a stressful way to live, to think that this is all going to crash down on me at some point. Uh, And I'll tell you what, uh, I already had a pretty good sense of this, but looking at some of the emails we got from women um, and their friends and and men and and who've been victimized, some in ways that are too terrible to tell you on the air, um... The idea that there are very few men who would do anything like this is laughable. Um, it's not most. It's not half, I don't think. But there are plenty of them. Well, if it was one out of ten men you ever encounter, that'd be a lot. That'd be horrifying. Right. Um, 
that's one thing. They're all over the place. A lot of women run into this sort of stuff, one level or another. And the way women choose to respond and why is way more complicated than, you know, well, it ain't simple. And there are stories here that were horrifying. But combination of physical fear, career fear, wanting to forget about it, put it in the past as opposed to, you know, I'd... I've got a thing. I probably shouldn't even talk about it. I should sue somebody for a few, for several thousand dollars. It's just beyond question that I got screwed. And I'm not going to because it would dominate my life for months. Can you imagine accusing somebody rich and powerful of rape how or, or sexual assault or whatever? How that would dominate your life for months, maybe years. And women think, some women think, forget it. Forget it. I'm not going to make him make me do that for the next two years of my life. It's behind me. F it. And I'm not telling you how to deal with it or what's right or what's wrong. But, again, the emails we've been getting are, are really interesting on that level. Yeah. yeah, it is. And everybody's got their own psychology. And and also, the way you react could change from day to day, right? You could have been in that situation. One day you would have handled it this way. The next day you would have handled it this way. Just because we all go through life, I think, with different levels of confidence yeah. and self-esteem and everything on a day-by-day basis. Sure, yeah. Well, and the the, the frequency that women said, I'm, I'm just going to deal with this. I'm not going to make a big deal of it. But then saw somebody else victimized and said, oh, no, you didn't, and immediately dove into the fight. It's really interesting about humanity. Yeah. The woman yesterday, I forget which actress it was, who shut him down and said, you're not going to do that. And then he called her fat, told her she needed to lose weight and sent her on her way. And then you got the other women who just yeah. went along with it for whatever, out of fear. Or, or and, there's, and there's also got to be, and these people aren't going to come forward, obviously, people who went along with it, who thought, if this is what I got to do to get ahead, I'm fine with it. There's got to be a number of those. Jack, what do you always say we need 1% more of in Vigilanteism. Society? We need more face punchings. We're, we're so down the road of, well, report it to the authorities and the protocols and the HR director will, of course, go to the committee of the... Uh, we need more husbands going into more workplaces and just freaking flattening guys. You know, if if you have a man or right. is good with his fists or whatever, we need more of that. How often, and you do it again, I'm going to put you in a hospital how often and do, then you uh, walk out. How often do women not tell their wife or boyfriend because they know he would react that These way? These are lesbians? Why? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> husband, boyfriend, wife, or girlfriend. How often do women not tell their significant other this because the, that, that would be the result? Because if my wife told me that about a boss, I'm driving to his office right now. Yeah. Right now. I'd be trying to contain happens. myself as I drove, so she might not tell me because she knows that's the way I would react. Right. Um, got this text from Howard Stern, and I'll bet this is true. Howard Stern. So this was in 2012. Howard Stern knows every actress that mm-hmm. exists and has all kinds of conversations with them in front of the mic and not. Howard Stern was calling him out. Howard knew. Absolutely. That's why Howard that. Stern presented that very scenario, because he'd heard that probably multiple times from women. Wow. And he wanted to see how... Uh, That's why he followed up. That's why he presented his exact playbook to him. I mean, I, I fully yeah, believe I'll that, bet that he right. got tipped off. I'll bet you're right. So you can't walk into a room, just pull off your pants and say, okay, honey, which is exactly what he does. Yeah. Wow, that's something. But he didn't have enough to, like, go with it and just say out on the air, you're a molester or rapist. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to ask him why he approached it the way he did and why he didn't the way he didn't. Mm-hmm.
Interesting. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, we do have some encouraging words about the battle to control those raging wildfires in California. California, by the way, suing to stop Trump's dismantling of Obamacare and the boss on Broadway setting box office records. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. I'm a little worn out by Bruce. A couple times I've seen him lately talking to politics, but I'd love to see this show. Sounds fantastic. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. How much attention did that Vanity Fair article story get yesterday versus... The subject of that story, the chief of staff, John Kelly, coming out yesterday and saying none of that stuff's true. I don't, I'm don't. i not seeing that anywhere but Fox. Nobody's reporting that but Fox. <sighs> but the guy in question said, that's not true. I'm not depressed. I'm happy. I'm perfectly okay with the job. Or is he? Well, he might be lying, but you've got to at least report that the guy in question says that's not true. Right. You would think. Uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, some good news. Firefighters gained a bit of ground on a blaze burning in the heart of California's wine country. They do face another tough day ahead, though. Low humidity, high winds expected to return tonight. The Department of Forestry says a blaze burning in Sonoma and Napa counties, though, is now 22% contained. Well, we've had at least 31 people killed by the fires, and in Sonoma County, 430 are still missing, and the sheriff says they don't expect to find people alive. Like, yeah, yeah, boy. Well, the, the, what the the hope is, of course, is with communications as bad as they are, that somebody's in a shelter and they can't get a hold of you and right. all that sort of stuff. But there's also the possibility that this death toll that's already set a record goes from 20-something to 120-something, right. isn't there? Right. So uh, everybody's got a couple of homework assignments. Uh, number one, the financial need is going to be enormous. There are some really good, reputable charities. We've been announcing them on these very airwaves, so uh, give if you can give. The uh, second piece of homework is if you are anywhere that might conceivably be at risk now or in the, the days to come, right. take a look around your neighborhood and... L- Figure out who's old. Where are the old people? The average age of the recovered bodies at this point, the average age is 79. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, obviously, to a large extent, oldsters are not able to escape the flames and are dying. So know where the old folks are and give them a helping hand if you can. President Trump teasing his upcoming announcement about the Iran nuke deal, telling a conservative summit this morning. In a little while, I'll be giving a speech on Iran. A terrorist nation like few others. And I think you're going to find it very interesting. It is expected Trump will announce whether he'll decertify the Iran nuclear deal. However, Trump will leave it up to Congress whether or not to follow up the announcement by reimposing sanctions on Iran that were lifted in 2015 as part of the agreement. Good luck. So is this um, the president wanting to let Iran know, look, we're watching you. We understand what you're doing here. Is that that what's going on? I think there's a good chance that's involved in it, yeah. Yeah, because they are... They are behind a great deal of evil doing in the Middle East. Specifically uh, against us. Yeah. They are at war with us. Yeah. Proxy wars here and there. Yeah. The Boss on Broadway. Bruce Springsteen's one-man show runs more than two hours. There's no intermission. Runs two hours. Features 15 of his tunes intertwined with stories about him growing up in 
Freehold, New Jersey. Springsteen taking a look at aging. It is the one thing I miss about getting older. The beauty of that blank page of a thousand possibilities. The 68-year-old rock star is going to be on stage five nights a week through February 3rd. Tickets going for an average $500 each. You know, this is one of those things that, like, I would really enjoy it. I would go today if I could. But it's so popular with a certain kind of crowd that I almost don't want to be part of it. You know? Five bills. You're channeling your inner hipster with that. Yeah, 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 exactly. I am. It's the um, crowd that was going to Hamilton and had to be there so they could say they saw it that's now going to this. Yeah. And I just don't want to be part of that, even I, though I would like the show. Yeah, the reviews are great. It's yeah. in a little theater, 975-seat theater. That means uh, the boss is grossing about $490,000 a night. Wow, and I'll bet it took him Whoa. a half an hour to put this thing together. Yeah. He knows all the songs he can play, and, and, he's he's been, and, he, and, and the stories he's been telling for years also. Exactly. So. Those of us who are OBG's original Bruce Gangsters, this is especially <laughs> annoying. I mean, really, really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> no E Street Band. It's just him and his guitar and his story. And stop calling what? him the boss, Marshall. And his, oh my God! His, his wife shows up for a song they do a little harmony yeah. on, which uh, is about a relationship coming apart. And I guess they stare each other in the eyes while they're singing it, and it's really uncomfortable to watch. According to people that were there, I'm not going until Max Weinberg's there. There you go. That's and my stance. I think he went last night. No, performing. East Street. Oh, performing. All right, all right. Oh, hey, does anybody remember when we used to have his daughter Allie on uh-huh. the show all the time? If anybody's in touch with her, shout out. I, I, I miss saw her. What a tweet from her the other day. Oh, yeah? What was she doing? I, I miss remember. talking to her. She was great. Mm-hmm. She was cool. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. He doesn't sing this song. I did see the set list uh, the New York Post had last night. Um, A lot of your usuals. I mean, it's it's... It's the stuff they play on the radio all the time. Yeah. So, uh, the petering out part of the show coming up. You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. And I went to Puerto Rico and I met with the president of the Virgin Islands. Mm. And your point is, uh, well, sir, point of order. That's you. You are the, you are the president of the Virgin Islands, sir. You met with yourself. Listen, listen. So is he, that fair? Is so, that fair of me to? No, so no. So Trump can't say I met with the president of the Virgin Islands. No, well you can, but that means you met yourself. <laughs> Free country, you can say what you want. <laughs> well, and thank you for standing up for the First Amendment, Sean. Yes, uh, clearly he it was just a little a uh, little problem with the nomenclature there. Nah. I think they got a governor, or a mayor, or a, a potentate, or a or a, a, a burgomeister or something. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody cares. And I've been there. It's lovely. Got two texts. This is interesting. Jack hit on something. My friend called her husband after a man intentionally touched her breast. He drove over and sucker punched the guy. I'd never want my husband to be arrested over his reaction to my telling him about this sort of thing, so I'll never tell him. Got another text. My wife told me that a couple of years ago, a chiropractor uh, purposely touched her breasts. She never went back and just told me now because she knew that I uh, would have found him and beat him half to death. So she kept it from me. Mm. So that does happen regularly. Yeah, yeah. Chiropractors. <laughs> Michael, I, that's not the point of the story, Michael. You know, I uh, what about the what about the question of the sucker punch? 
I, I can't I can't support a sucker punch. I got to walk in there, let the guy pr- know precisely why I'm there. So you're gonna say, put him up, put him up. Is that what you're gonna Fill do? Fill your hands, you son of a bitch. What <laughs> what movie is that from? True Grit. True Grit. That's right. Um, uh, I think you got to make it clear precisely why you're there, and uh, and then let the uh, fisticuffs begin. Or not. If he begs cruelly and and beggingly for mercy, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I aim to see you hanged at Judge Parker's convenience. That's bold talk for a one-eyed fat man. Well, fill your hands, you son of a bitch. Bluey, bluey, bluey. That's, That's the right. greatest scene in movie history. Oh, my God. Robert Duvall so and John Wayne. Oh, I love it That's so much. That's bold talk for a one-eyed fat man. <laughs> and I'm telling you, the Cone Brothers. Have you seen uh, the Cone Brothers I have not, yet? because that see happened. 30 times. That happened after I became a, well, yeah, I a know. parent. Yeah. It's very good. I believe you. Oh, it's spectacular. Is that the greatest it's ever been done with a movie where the original is great and then the remake is great? I don't I can't think of another example. Oh gosh, there are a handful. Um I'd have to do too much thinking. I got a bad memory. I so. saw the original Magnificent Seven was on TV. I like my old westerns. A couple weekends ago, which is also a great movie. Right. Steve McQueen, oh, Yul yeah. Brenner. Oh, that's yep. so good. Yep. But was the remake of that good? I didn't see it. With uh, Jamie Foxx's in it, I think? No, Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's wow. an uncomfortable <laughs> moment there, folks. So now do we have to go to two meetings, or do you just have to go to both, or how does this work? Yeah, Jack uh, bad-mouthed Asian folks earlier. Oh, boy. By complimenting them, oh, which is bad-mouthing. Oh, my Jeez. God. It was, it was fine, but it wasn't as good as the first. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, uh. But the uh, point of the... So the the Magnificent Seven was a remake of The Seven sure. Deadly Samurai. Good point. Right. Yeah. So, the yeah. Seven Samurai. Seven yes. Samurai, sorry. The Seven Deadly Samurai. No, <laughs> there's there a cartoon kind? version you watch. And then Ninjago, the Ninjago movie is a remake of that, of course. <laughs> right. Um, let's hear your guest announcer. Oh, guest announcer. And now, final thoughts with Armstrong and Getty Getty. That's funny. So do you have to go to two meetings, or do we go with you now? How does that work? Uh, Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody. It's our tradition around here. Uh, Michelangelo, final thought? Uh, Yeah, today we learned that America is getting fatter and fatter. Therefore, three days a week, walk home from work, and then uh, use your neighbor's car the next day to get back to work. (laughs) Not a bad plan. Wait a minute. Walk back. (laughs) Uh, Marshall Phillips, final thought? Well, I'm going to go home and see if the Russians are still in my backyard. I went home yesterday and uh, found my uh, back fence torn down and a number of, uh, well, how shall I say it, Eastern European people uh, running around uh, working on my neighbor's house. But they tore down my back fence to get into my backyard to work on his wall. What the what? Ah, Putin's very, people. Keep very odd. Very odd wow, stuff. Wow. So. A positive, Sean. Your final thought. Yeah, I'll be at the Cinemaplex this weekend checking out The Foreigner starring Jack Chan and Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Don't go to the cinema. They're in Marshall's backyard. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, uh, no word yet on if it actually takes place on a, on a cruise ship as both these guys are uh, advancing in age. <laughs> Jack, do you have a final thought you'd like to share with us? Yeah, Joe had the story earlier on obesity, and I've just I've just gotten on a bad slide recently. Fast uh, food, Kentucky uh, Fried Chicken, McDonald. I just I've got to ah! I've got to get it. Under- I hope I had some sort of awakening today or hit bottom or something. It's just I don't know what. Uh, my final thought is a good friend of mine just texted me that he's uh, just got an invite to play Augusta National Golf Course where they play the Masters, which is a lifelong dream of mine. Uh, I should be happy for him, but I'm not. I'm unhappy because I'm a bad person. Wow. 
You should be happy for him. His joy takes away from my joy. Never forget, life is a zero-sum game. <laughs> Not sure it works that Anyone way. Anyone else's happiness takes away from yours. Wow. So the only thing you can do is take it from them <laughs> any way you can. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another oh. grueling four-hour workday. So many people thanks. So little time. Thank you for being here. We truly appreciate it. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. Our contact info is there. If there's something we ought to be talking about you see over the weekend, send it along. No more fast food. Got to knock it off. Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so Trump's speaking right now, and he promised something exciting, right? So we'll have to follow that throughout the day. Stay tuned for the news. We'll see you Monday. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Mac Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. If this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! (laughs) Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.